The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back into the early line. It's hour number two on this Friday morning. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside. I told you it's loaded. Got baseball to preview college football week zero, and a good slate of NFL preseason action. We started off, though, with Major League Baseball, and those Los Angeles Dodgers are back after it. Coming up against the Miami Marlins here, the L.A. Dodgers are a team that every single time, Donnie, it feels like we are going to bring up. It is finding a way to back this group. Right now, I do not think we have lines, but I'm assuming there is some anticipation of maybe who Miami is going to throw and how you're going to take advantage of it. Yeah, here's and the reason I brought this game up, and I knew there was no line, and I don't know when we're going to get a confirmation of who the pitcher is going to be for the Miami Marlins, but the turning of the seasons here. We talk about it so many times where April and May, you're just waiting to see the weather heating up, you know, pitchers slotting into pitching six, seven innings, who your bullpen's going to be, batters finally seeing pitching live for a month, getting their groove back, and again, hitting weather coming in transitioning from 60-degree weather to 70-degree weather to 80-degree weather, it makes a difference. But now we're at that time of year, Kevin, and I call it the haves and the have-nots. And it's finally here. Yesterday, took a, you know, didn't have a very good night of gambling. A couple of my teams that you know, run here too turns into a profitable night, but it didn't happen. But I'm at that stretch where it turns over every year. Once you get into September, it's a little bit harder. Now, it's tr- technically not September yet as we sit here on August 26th, a Friday. But I think it's time that you can start turning the page on the Major League's baseball season with at least your gambling style. And the reason mm. that this fits perfectly, game one, Dodgers-Marlins. It doesn't matter who the Dodgers are going to pitch in this game. It doesn't matter who the Marlins are going to pitch in this game. One team is horrendous and just looking to get the season over with. One team is looking to sharpen their knives for the playoffs here. So let's just say it is a right-handed pitcher. Over the last 30 days, the Dodgers have absolutely raked right-handed pitching and will continue to do so tonight. So with my opening, you know, monologue here on what we're looking for, instead of taking team totals, which the Dodgers should hit, now you're looking to press down run lines over the first five innings, run lines for the full game, or even throwing some of these teams in parlays to make it make sense. Because this same game, if it were to be played, Kevin, April the 21st, hey, the Marlins think they can make the playoffs. We're going to put a good mm-hmm. pitcher out there. We're going to try to put our best lineup out there, Kevin, and certainly angle our bullpen where if it's close, we're going to use our best pitchers. That's no longer the case in September. The call-ups are coming here. It's time to switch over. Should the Dodgers hit and get their team total tonight, regardless of pitcher Absolutely. But you know what I'm certain of? The Dodgers probably pound this team like 12 to 5. Here's the interesting thing. When we get the Dodgers line, it'll likely be the fifth game on the board 
with a team that will be above a minus 220 favorite yes. on this slate. Yes. Garrett Cole in Oakland, minus 240. McCullers against the uh, the Orioles, minus 225. Mm-hmm. Minus 300 on the Phillies. Minus 335 on the Mets. And then whenever the Dodgers number comes in. This, though, to me, is why it is always going to be two-sided, Donnie. Go ahead and put those five teams in a parlay. You're not going to walk away with a winning night. It's not going to happen. No. One of them's going to lose, right? We know that that is also going to happen. So you still have to be careful picking your spots. And that is the one adjustment I think you're going to start to see in the lines, though, is they're not going to leave you value on these teams. You know, Jacob DeGrom was not just the biggest favorite of the season yesterday, Donnie. If I'm not mistaken, he was the biggest favorite since 2018, a game where I believe the Astros were going up against the Detroit Tigers. That is what we're starting to get into now at this point in the year. Radio audiences live on a Friday morning. It's the early line, Sirius XM, Channel 159. Let's get into some games that do have some lines. We mentioned the Phils. I mean, come on now. Bailey Falters minus 300? Stop this. <laughs> like, that might be your blow-up spot right there, DRS. What are we doing? Yeah, look, and I'm talking like I'm glad you did bring that up because you still have to have a capping strategy where it's like, hey, your ace is on the mat against a bad baseball team not trying. That's a little bit better because Bear mm-hmm. Falter, even though he did have a good start against the Mets and did pick up a victory that game, or at least the Phillies picked up a victory in that game. Who's laying three to one here on Bailey Falter in this game? Now, granted, should the Phillies win this game? Yes. Are the Pittsburgh Pirates dead? But this game could easily be four to one Phillies in the fifth. Yeah, that's what we thought of. Or, whoa, wait to score three to nothing at the end of the first inning, the Pittsburgh Pirates, because Falter struggled. It could be that way again. So, yes, you do have to pick your poison. And also, there are other ways that you can option yourself as opposed to saying just a team total for the Phillies. How about just taking and say, you know what? I think some of these Phillies batters match up nicely here in this game against Wilson. Schwarber, maybe he goes yard at 238 ISO power number versus right-handed pitching over the last 30 days. How about JT Real Muto has been on absolute fire. He's at a 304 ISO power number against right-handed pitching. So something that we gotten away from, which is quite fun to still have, hitter prop parlays here. This guy gets a base hit. This guy goes over one and a half base hits. Mm-hmm. Just because you have that massive number, oh, I can't bet this game. It's unbettable. You look at the FanDuel Sportsbook here, there's plenty of ways you can make money with sound numbers if you make good decisions. Got to make good decisions, no doubt about it. Can I try and sneak in Blue Jays Angels here? It's Detmers having the ball, who's been one of the weirdest pitchers of the season. Uh, how do you match up Toronto and L.A. quick? It's, it's, it's just a simple thing here. We talked about dead teams. The Angels are a dead team here. Toronto is trying yeah. to make the playoffs. There is no angle for me to take the Angels where they're going to rise up and play tough baseball in Toronto. Detmers is one of those guys that I feel like only a gambler understands, right? Yeah. This is a guy who's the like the profile is like, Psh, let's line up a team total. But it's like once every eight starts, he's out there, and it's just like, wait a minute, is he the best pitcher yeah. in baseball? The no-hitter earlier in the year, you know, double-digit strikeout performances. But a little fun spot yep. there up against the Toronto Blue Jays. More baseball for us to preview. Keep it right here. You're in the right spot. It's the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, 
Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Baseball preview continues, and again, we mentioned Mets-Rockies. It's just a discount, minus 450 yesterday, minus 335, man. Uh, Bassett against Cool, total is an eight. Are you involved in this game at all? They're going to smoke this team, and they should. But having said smoking teams, yesterday the polar bear went deep, Kevin, early in that game for three to nothing. Had a total of four and a half. Boy, this is going to be so easy. That bullpen yeah. stinks. And they said, hey, yeah, Jacob DeGrom's on the mound. No big deal. We won't press the issue here. So it's another one of those dilemmas that you have because you see the run line at minus one and a half, which is a minus 146. And I don't mind paying up around that 150 price range because I do think the Mets will smash that team. But it should be just as easy to say to yourself, the Mets with the lineup, the way they function, or the way they line up, should I say, against Cool, 750 XFIP over the past month here. Lefties, 406 weighted on base percentage. Righties, 659 with an ISO of 750. I just don't want to be in there where Bassett goes out and dominates and they win another 3-1 to one game going, I knew they would beat them by more than one run. Why didn't I just go that route? But at the same time, there's so many players in this lineup that should get multiple hits and home runs. They should do damage. But I just don't want to see a four to nothing final here for the Mets where they never got pushed. I'm like, man, I just need one more run to cash in Mm -hmm. on this team total. The Mets should obliterate this team today, to be honest, though. They should. And quickly on Bassett, it is the same story as always. The projections tell you he's going over the numbers. I will have no part of it because I've been left hanging by Bassett far too many times. If you have more of a tolerance for that, then go for it. If you want to try five-plus strikeouts from Bassett, let's hold on. Let me do some. Let's see. What's five-plus strikeouts in the Mets' money line? Still minus 150. Outrageous. I mean, the numbers here are just astronomical on this slate. Rays, Red Sox, Tampa Bay's been hot. Boston, uh, I mean, look, man, this team gets there, has been getting their head kicked in by the AL East all year long. Waka is a favorite, though, up against the Rays at home. Any value on Boston? I don't know if there's any value on Boston, but I am leaning towards an under in this game. Yarbrough is going to come in after the opener. Now, K-Dub, do you see the opener's name? You want to give that a go? Or the, Hold on. Here we Tampa? go. Chargos. I, I think you're close there. I, th- I think it you're could close be Chargois. I was actually Let's hoping. Let's not rule it out. That, see, that's, yeah. nah, that, see, that's what I was hoping <laughs> for, and I would just said that's exactly correct regardless because uh-huh. I'm surprised you didn't go to that right off the bat. But a pitcher mm-hmm. coming in for an opener. Yarbrough's actually been decent here. Check this out. One of those pitchers, Kevin, for the first part of the season, he was one of those marks 
as we like to say, that you say, hey, he's in the game. I'm going to go deep on this guy. But a 333 weighted on base percent, excuse me, a 333 XFIP, couple that with lefties, a 144 weighted on base percentage righties, a 268 over the past month. That's sensational here. So if you get the opener, have a, like a clean first inning, hand it over to Yarbrough, he should have some success. At the same time, take a look at Waka. 45 batters, Kevin, that he's faced over the past month in Major League Baseball. Very good lefties, only 12 of them, but a 202 weighted on base percentage, a zero ISO power number. If you flip that over to the right-hand side here with Waka being a right-handed pitcher, a 126 weighted on base percentage and an ISO of zero. Two good pitchers, theoretically, between the two starters pitching in this yeah. game. Now, I understand it is Boston here, but I'm going to go with the under. I'll say it takes nine to beat me. I don't think they get there in this game. How about that? Michael Waka has been awesome. But, I mean, again, with Chargois on the other side of this, it could be uh-huh. a, a, pitcher's, a pitcher's duel. We need, just, we need more French baseball players. That's the story. White Sox, D-backs. Hold on. Oh, mm. No lefty on the mound. This, and now this – now, Donnie, like if both teams were – oh, no, but that's right. You want a righty, right, against the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks yeah. there with their 10,000 yeah. lefties? Now, are the Diamondbacks throwing a lefty? And this total should be like a 15. What's the story here, White Sox D-backs? Yeah, it's actually funny bringing that up, too, because you take a look at, you know, our good friend Johnny Cueto, right-handed pitcher, will be on the mound. Now, here's where those leap of faiths that you have to take here, right? Because we do know the Arizona Diamondbacks can load up those left-handed batters. Johnny Cueto, over the past 30 days in Major League Baseball, has got an exit of around five, which is bad because he doesn't strike out very many batters, only striking at around 10%. But take a look at his splits here. Like, an X, a five exit is terrible. So how does it correlate into this? Lefty batters going up against Johnny Cueto, a 271 weighted on base percentage and an ISO power number of 101. How about righties? 77 batters he's faced over the past month. Take a look at this, a 269 weighted on base percentage and an ISO power number of 082. But you do have a lot of lefties to line up, and maybe they get to him. But I got to tell you, the, the play for me, or at least the look for the play for me, would be the lineup for the Chicago White Sox. Who, again, let me down last night. You got to score one run with a ghost run in extra innings. I mean, come on. Should be able to get multiple runs at that point. But they line up well each and every time they face left-handed pitching, and they're going to face a lefty in Henry today. For six batters in the lineup, Kevin, look at these weighted on base percentages over the past month for that lineup against left-handed pitching. 371 weighted on base percentage, 421, 347, 398, 364, and 468. If we take a look at Henry, how about this? A six XFIP over the past 30 days. Light strikeouts here and not really a ground ball pitcher. So you would figure maybe the better play is just to take a total in this game and say, Lefties going up against righty Cueto, and then a lefty on the mound for the Diamondbacks going up against a heavy right-handed lineup here for the Chicago White Sox. The White Sox, I think, in this rate are like a fake team. Like, I'm convinced that they actually don't yeah. play baseball. Like, the games are simulated or something. It doesn't make any sense to me. Like, we have had days where a Yankees lineup doesn't hit a statistical profile. But, you know, they, they, mm-hmm. now I know they hit a low a slump and everything like that. But, again, like, that team has one of the better records in baseball. And you'll get the White Sox, and it's like, yeah, this lineup should absolutely smash today. Oh, by the way, they have a losing record at home this season. I just don't understand how the White Sox have been able to get to these uh, to this point here. Uh, is Padres Royals where you want to go to next? Because I can just tell we're getting a little close on time. It's so much to get to. I want to make sure we're kind of going uh, in the most appropriate order. Is Padres Royals where your eye draws to next? 
Yeah, you just we'll keep it simple in this game because we talked about it, you know, yesterday, had some fun with it, saying, look, the Padres are just really in trouble to end the season. Now, again, they're going to play a lot of teams in that NLS. I get it. But here's the interesting part. All that excitement, Kevin, that we had with this lineup, right? Regardless of who, you know, Tatis is going to come back, you know, Soto is going to be fantastic, and Machado. Take a look at what they've done. Talk about the Padres in this swoon over the past 30 days, including left-handed pitchers who they face. I'm going to read you the ISO power numbers of this team for the last 30 days against lefties. My a zero. Soto, 107. Machado, a zero. Drury, one, 107. Excuse me. Kim, 083. Profar, 097. Alfaro, zero. Az, Azokar, I never heard of that guy before, but apparently not because he has a zero ISO power number. What gives here? <laughs> what happened to the Padres? They're no longer a backable team when this was one of the teams Kevin and I circled and said, oh my goodness, when Soto came over, I can't wait to dip in the team totals for the Padres. That's not the case anymore. I Listen, I like Tatis Jr. So there are some people, I think, who will kind of use him to blame for everything if they can. But I don't think it's out of line to suggest that that news rocked this team a little bit. The, hey, we got Soto, Tatis will be back any day. And now it's like, ah, come on, right? You got guys in the yeah. locker room that are mad at Tatis, this, that, and the third. I'll also say, keep an eye on that Musgrove strikeout prop. A little juicy on the under at minus 146 at six and a half. But the Royals do not strike out as much as you would think a lineup that doesn't feel as dangerous as theirs does. Six and a half to an under is not a bad look. Braves, Cardinals, Donnie, you said it at the start. It's a big series here between two of the better teams in the National League. Quintana against Strider. Man, Atlanta minus 142 favorite on the road. That feels strong, but maybe you agree. It does feel strong, but also at the same time, you're taking a look at these two lineups. You got two really good pitchers. Let's just forget about even the beginning of the season. Quintana coming over here has been a, a wonderful for the Cardinals, and Strider has been fantastic for just about every start he has. But both of these lineups are equally as talented as well with the Braves and also the Cardinals. Maybe the advantage would be Strider's a huge strikeout guy, Kevin. 2.75, a 2.75 XFIP over the past 30 days because he's striking out close to 38% of the batters that he's faced but also keep in mind this is a lineup that is absolutely on fire talking about the cardinals which it doesn't matter lefty righty splits they hit them both here if you take a look at quintana he's got great splits between lefty and righty weighted on base percentage but a slightly higher xfip number i can see why the braves are favored in this game at that price because i do think strider overall is the better pitcher but these two lineups can both get after it it's one of those games where i sit back and say to myself the minus 142 sounds about right but I don't know if I want to bet against the Cardinals at home. I mean, that lineup is devastatingly good. And we've kind of seen, you know, Quintana, not to the degree of Montgomery, but both of those guys elevated a little bit playing yeah. uh, in St. Louis. All right, college football next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. 
the squeak of shoes on a basketball court, the crack of the bat on a home run, the slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month, experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Zero. Yes, there is juice. You know it. Whether you want to believe it or not, there is juice. And it all begins with Northwestern Nebraska in Ireland. We're playing in Dublin. This number is on the move. And I got to be honest with you, not in the direction that I had anticipated. For a good while, we were looking at Northwestern catching 13 and a half points, total 50 and a half. You can see right there, when this was kind of all set up for us, it was a 13 and a half. Well, this morning, Donnie, number gets on the mm-hmm. move. It is an 11 yeah. and a half now on Northwestern. I thought we were going to see the touchdown, the two touchdown number on Nebraska. Maybe 14 and a half. Little surprised here, but in a Big Ten matchup overseas, seems like some people are starting to back the Wildcats. And why not? Because if you're just looking from a betting perspective, what's normal about this game? Nothing. It's the first game of the season. We get that, which is usually the toughest game to gauge, how these kids come out of camp, and finally when you have a live game, how are they going to perform? But typically this game would be in Northwestern, or at Northwestern, I should say, or at Nebraska in Lincoln, where you have that familiarity of playing in your same time zone, you know, playing in front of the same college teams and the same college atmosphere that you get, but it's not. You're playing in Ireland here. How is the surface going to be? How do the kids acclimate over the week of practice they've probably had over there? How is the food treating them there? Are they happy with their conditions? Do they like just staying cooped up in a hotel and barely being able to get out or just having team activities? This is all going to play into it. And the reason I bring that up is you're right. We saw a lot of respect here from Nebraska as if they were just going to open up the season and roll. There are a lot of changing parts on Nebraska. New offensive coordinator, which we probably think will be a good thing for them. We'll see if Scott Frost's team can kick it back into gear for the season. We know last year they rolled over them, so Nebraska coming a little bit fat and happy in this one. But it was kind of interesting where this game might have been pushing, Kevin, over two touchdowns. Because you look at it, you know, Holinsky is a veteran returning back here for Northwestern. Top running back back. Couple pass receivers that you can rely on. So it's not one of those games where you're saying like, oh man, this team is in a complete rebuild mode and they're going to get run over. I actually agree with the line movement sticking around that 10.5 to 12.5 range. I thought it might have been getting a little bit out of hand approaching two touchdowns. It's interesting because the momentum, though, pointed towards that two-touchdown marker, which I then would have very gladly grabbed, I think, 14-plus points with Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern. Now, last year, the Wildcats were really, really bad. But the year before that, they were 7-2. and two. Now, you go back yeah. a little further, they were bad again, 3-9. and nine. The year before that, they had 10 wins. Pat Fitzgerald has been at Northwestern for a long time. And this is not a guy that provides you back-to-back losing seasons. So Northwestern surprising this year, to me, would be unsurprising. I don't know if we should just think that this is going to automatically be an awful football team. Nebraska comes with a lot of expectations, but I have to be honest with you, 
You like it a lot more 13 and a half than an 11 and a half. You love the idea. Again, that maybe you could have bought up a half point, right, and grabbed a solid 14. The hesitation starts to check in a little bit. But it'd be a mistake to not really try and talk about the environment of this game. We are in Dublin. Games are not played overseas as often. But if you go back and look at the history of games to be specific to Ireland, in 2016, Georgia Tech played Boston College as a three-point favorite. 17-14, Georgia Tech with the win. Back then in 2014, Penn State played UCF as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. They won by two, 26-24. These are good numbers. These are good lines. Don't think that, ah, tweaks the Euro. Who knows? Everybody knows. Nebraska-Northwestern is a massive game on this slate. What's interesting to me, though, is that closer nature of the games that typically did have slower starts, Donnie. And that's why I think a live total could be a legitimate angle here. Here's the other thing I'm going to look at, though. Player props are starting to come available. Casey Thompson, we know him from Texas, over now with Nebraska. Mark Whipple, the offensive coordinator, and everything that he was able to do with Kenny Pickett last season. Now, Kenny Pickett won the first round. Is that where Casey Thompson is heading? Those aren't the early projections, but bear with me. Kenny Pickett, Donnie, was throwing for about 330 yards per game last year. How about this Casey Thompson number? 230 and a half. If this team at Nebraska is looking to spin it, and I think they are, you're going to have some juice on some of these Casey Thompson props. Yeah, you probably will. And also, so feeding into that, if Casey Thompson has a good game, that means that you're probably going to get some scoring here out of Nebraska. So there's also team totals that you could bet in this game. But for me, I actually lean more towards the under in this one, specifically with some of the numbers that you just brought up with some of the games previously played in Ireland. There were some high-powered offenses getting after it, staying around that 50-point or below marker. If we look at the FanDuel Sportsbook here, I mean, we opened up this game around a 46-and-a-half, and now you look at that live line at 50-and-a-half. It sounds like a decent number, but also, also, Pathways to victory in this game. Nebraska, Mark Whipple. We know they want to open it up a little bit, throw the football around. But are we led to believe that Pat Fitzgerald and Northwestern are going, you know what? Best case scenario, let's open it up and go after it as well with Nebraska. That's not their MO. That's not their style. Ground and pound, keep it low, try to win a lower scoring game. That would be Nebraska's, excuse me, that would be Northwestern's MO to try to beat Nebraska. I would lean on an under 50 and a half, even though, as we said, I like Mark Whipple. I think he's going to bring good things to Nebraska, but sometimes in an opening game, you're just looking to pick up that victory, right? Not say, hey, let's blow this team out in Ireland and see what we have. And again, from Northwestern's perspective, they're not going to run five wide shotgun, nobody in the backfield and try to compete with that. They'll try to slow the game down. I, I think they have a lot of proof to Nebraska. I'm not pot now again. I'm I'm not telling you I'm running right now to the window on and over. I think there's a there's a world though, Donnie, where you're sat there if you're sitting on and under, and you're like, oh, this is gonna be great. They're running the clock out, and Casey Thompson's in five wide, and you're like, now hold on a minute. Like you are up 21. What are you doing? But we shall see. Excited for that game. Another Big Ten team in action is Illinois. They're gonna host Wyoming, and they're gonna do it as a double-digit favorite. This is another line that's on the move, continuing to strengthen on the Illini. Up to 12.5 total here is 43 and a hook. This is a Wyoming team, DRS, that has not played a Power 5 school now in back-to-back years. Didn't have one last year. Pandemic season, everybody was kind of reserved to their conferences. So this is for Wyoming in terms of a Power 5 look a little bit of a step up. 
Although Illinois isn't usually viewed as a power, power team, but a big number here on Illinois. What do you see when you see these lines? Yeah, maybe and a little bit more agreement with this one here. DeVito's going to be the starting quarterback here for the Illini, which yeah, he's been around college football. It's not as if the guy's never started, and we're going to see what we get. But here's the interesting part about this game. If it's Brett Bielema, he wants to get untracked. What's that? Big, happy, ugly offensive lineman pushing around defensive lines. You can do that. You're a Big Ten team. You're going to play not another Power 5 school. Also, you have a very good running back that is returning. So I think the ground and pound is going to be in full effect and might have a decided advantage going over Wyoming. Now, looking at Wyoming, Wyoming. What do you usually like to see from, I don't even want to say smaller school. It's a little bit disrespectful. It's not like it's an FCF school, but a non-power five school. Hey, look at this, Kevin. Nine back on defense starters talking about 10 back on offense. That's not the case for Wyoming. Just looking at some of the numbers coming back, three on offense and two on defense here going up against a Big Ten team to start the season. I can see why this line is shifting up and look at that total, 43 and a half. So if you mm-hmm. thought ground and pound was in full effect, they're expecting that out of the Illini and that clock to keep moving. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you're talking about, that total. You mentioned the running game here. Uh, Brett Bielma changes up the offensive coordinator, wants to get back to pounding the rock. I am every day we refresh to see if they're going to post those Chase Brown rushing totals. Uh, last year, <laughs> Illinois won four games, Donnie. Week one against Nebraska, he was not really supplanted as the starter, but he was for the other three games that they won. And all Chase Brown was able to give you was 257 yards against Charlotte for two scores, 223 yards and a touchdown against Penn State, and 112 yards against Northwestern and a touchdown. Really excited to see where his props will check in for a game that, again, the Illini, you see there the money line, minus 600 favorite. If we assume the win, Chase Brown should have a lot to do with it there. I think we have enough time to bring up the game over in Hawaii. Vanderbilt makes the trip against the Rainbow Warriors and does so as an eight and a half point favorite. Vanderbilt's bad. Eight and a half, I think, will be enough to tempt people on Hawaii. But just know this I think this game opened up pick, Donnie. This game opened up pick. We are at eight and a half. People are loving themselves. Some Commodores up against Hawaii. Yeah, it looks like the official line I'm getting here that opened up at the FanDuel Sportsbook was six and a half, but there are some times where those kind of funny numbers open up that are available mm-hmm. for a short time, and then it gets recorrected very quickly here. Yeah. But also, shout out to NCAA football. I know they say they didn't actually plan this, but there is no better way to start the college football season off. We have a full day, even though it's week zero and not a lot of games to go, you know what? We know you love it. The get back game in Hawaii, 1030 oh, yeah. kickoff here, where if you're down for the day, you stay up. And used to be when I was, I don't want to say growing up, but in my younger days here, my early 20s, you couldn't even find this game on TV. Like you had to do some like real detective uh-huh. work just to actually get this game up. But having said that, Timmy Chang's going to be the, used to be the starting quarterback there, now going to be taking over the round. They don't have a lot to work with, Kevin. 113th in defense last year overall. I don't think it's going to improve. Why? Only one guy is back on defense here. If Vanderbilt is going to roll in one football game, it's got to be this one. If not, Vanderbilt, get out of the SEC. <laughs> no, they're, no, they're going to be the best program at college football. Just give them a little bit of time. I'm looking at that total. Now, I hate this, right? Because, Donnie, if it's the get-back game, you like to get back on and over. I think this is likely to be an under here at 53-and-a-half. It's going to take Hawaii a good while to figure this thing out. And if Vanderbilt has a strength, if they have one, it's the defensive side of the football. And their biggest weakness, and there's a couple of them, 
their offensive line their is horrific. I don't know. Who's Maybe the, why do they have a good kicker? Who cares about previews now? SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Preseason action. Let's get right to it here. There's a huge number on this board. A touchdown road favorite. I know it's not the Ravens. We talked about them laying six and a half at home already. Now we're number one. Seattle Donnie is laying seven in Dallas. Why? The reports are Drew Locke could play up to three quarters of this football game. Assuming Geno will handle the other, the idea is that this is going to be a big mismatch in terms of quarterback play and really length of that quarterback play existing. But I don't know if I can wrap my head around a touchdown road favorite here in week three of the preseason. What do you think, Dallas-Seattle? Yeah, it's pretty clear that, you know, you just look from game plan purposes. Which team wants to win the game? Well, not necessarily either one of these teams cares about winning the game, but we're talking about honest game plans. There's one team in the Dallas Cowboys that know who their starting quarterback is. They're going to be ultra vanilla in this game, and quite frankly, you lose your starting left tackle. You can't afford to lose anybody else, and they know that. So they're going to probably be playing those secondary, third, four-string guys for the majority of this football game, which having said that, shout-out Ben DiNucci might actually go off, might have to bust out that jersey and see what happens in this game but if we're looking from a quarterback perspective Geno Smith Drew Locke whatever it may be let's just say either one of those guys just using them both out there as you said could be close to three quarters for Drew Locke that's usually your advantage because you're not putting Drew Locke again out there with third string left and right tackles third string running backs and wide receivers and giving him a vanilla game plan to go hey you know Kevin gave it his best but you know he didn't look that sharp out here so we're going to go with Geno Smith to start the regular season that's usually a telltale sign of which way you want to go and if there's one game where starters will play the majority, I don't even want to say majority of the game, let's just say the majority of the first half, it's going to be Seattle. And one team for the Dallas Cowboys that isn't trying to prove, hey, you know, we're a good football team and don't listen to the pundits that the Eagles might be the better team in that division. Let's go out and prove it in week three of the preseason. That's not going to be the case here. So I see the reason for that high line. At the same time, are you really running? It's not Tom Brady getting three quarters in here. It's Drew Locke. And not only that, 
it's not like Metcalf is going to be out there the whole game. It's not like Lockett's going to be out there the whole game. True. And yeah. it's still, like, you. I should not be able to say the back door will be open all game long. But really, like, Donnie, again, if uh, you know, Seattle's up 10, Dallas has the football. Right? They could go down. Seattle's up 14. You could nab yourself a push. So, to yeah. me, I'm not laying seven on the road in the preseason. I don't care. I will say, though, this is probably the most important game because I think Drew Locke can win the job. Because of that, I think that's why you have to keep your eye on this here and see. What will be really interesting, by the way, is could Drew Locke be good enough to be removed from this game earlier than anticipated? And they're like, we've seen enough. We're good here. We know what we have. Think about it like that, right? The better Drew Locke is, the less he might actually play. Right, Donnie? If he goes out there, first two drives or touchdown drives, what are we doing here, right? They don't need him to play. Like, hey, let's see if this guy goes perfect five for five. Like, again, it's not a real football game. No, it's good. It's a good point you bring up, too, and that's preseason gambling for you. You have to sometimes use your leverage. This is one of those situations where you say, well, we know Dak Prescott's not going to get reps in this game, and if Drew Locke plays the entire first half, mm-hmm. you take the first half. I'm not looking at the exact lines here, but if we have a seven-point spread, it's probably somewhere around that four-and-a-half to five-point range, which if you say, look, if you say to yourself as a betting person, it's, it's pretty simple at times. If at the half the Seattle Seahawks are tied with the Cowboys 10-10, it's probably a good chance they're not covering. But obviously, if the Seattle Seahawks are up seven at the break, there's still no guarantee they win that game by seven or more, but you covered your spread. Isn't our angle here getting Drew Locke to play for the entire first half against backups for the Dallas Cowboys while you still have the semblance of some starters in for the Seattle offense? That's your angle in this one. That's the only way I'll be able to bet this game, Seattle first half. Yeah, no doubt about it. Now I'm going to skip ahead to actually what is the last game of the preseason here because I think it's the second most important game of the preseason, and that is going to be Detroit hosting, or rather traveling, to Pittsburgh. And this is not a hard knocks thing. It's a Steelers thing. Mike Tomlin has said they have all the time in the world to make their decision at quarterback. I thought they already made their decision. I thought this was Trubisky's job. I thought Mitch was the guy. Last week, we saw Kenny Pickett enter the game before Mason Rudolph. Now, I don't think Kenny Pickett is going to enter this game before Mitchell Trubisky, but at least the tone of Mike Tomlin is that Kenny Pickett has the chance to snag this job this week. Do you believe that is true at all, Donnie? Look, all you millennials need to calm down here with Kenny Pickett because it seems like there's a clear divide. Like, you old guys don't know what you're talking about. Yes, true veteran quarterbacks like Mitchell Trubisky in the NFL will get the nod over Mm. millennials favorite quarterback in the history of the world Kenny Pickett here now granted here's what they're doing it's very smart and I'll explain it again for the Pittsburgh Steelers you have your franchise quarterback in Kenny Pickett where you say you know what he's progressing along exactly the way we wanted he's passing every test we've given out We still want him to think that week one, there's a legitimate chance he's going to be the starter. So we want him to prepare this week and put a lot on his plate to see if he handles it under pressure where maybe a job is on the line. And if he does pass that test, congratulations. You'll be the number two quarterback for the first few weeks of the season and eventually take over from Mitchell Trubisky once after six to seven weeks, it's clear that this Pittsburgh Steelers offense isn't moving the football. And then you have no issues whatsoever going with Pickett. If he struggles, if he's great, there's no pressure on him at this point. So from that perspective, 
I am correctly predicting this. Mitchell Trubisky will be the week one starter, but Kenny Pickett will play well this weekend, Kevin. It's really one of my favorite things going. That Donnie thinks in the Pittsburghs. I think they're going to start Trubisky. I do, okay? But that Donnie thinks in the room they're going, listen, Pickett, we know we're going to be bad. We think we're yes. going to be awful this year, in fact. Mm-hmm. By the way, the reason we're going to be bad is because we have an awful quarterback. Yes. But we have no intentions of letting you get out there and get after it soon. No, 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 no. We want to make sure the season is over before we throw mm-hmm. you out there. The insanity that it takes to draw that conclusion is only stubbornness that can be provided by somebody that is at least 40 years old. Now, we continue to move through this board here, Donnie, and take a look at some of the Friday action. The Panthers are laying six and a half against the Buffalo Bills. Now, the the Panthers are going to get Baker back out there, so this is this whole week two is a bye week yeah. preseason thing. How much, how much Baker Mayfield are we supposed to be getting in this game? I got a, a quarter of a football, and then is Sammy D going to throw it down for a quarter? What are we thinking here laying six and a hook against the Bills? Yeah, this would be like, because again, we, we're trying to see who's actually playing or not. So you try to read between the lines, but this would be fantastic stuff. Like if Baker Mayfield gets the first two series, but they don't even go to Darnold in this game, just hand it over to like Philip Walker. That sounds like probably what's going to take place. But what should happen here, right? Baker Mayfield gets a few drives. Sam Darnold gets the rest of the half. And then you still have to go to Philip Walker, whoever in the second second excuse me second half third and fourth quarter wherever you want but I, it doesn't interest me to take a minus six and a half and i know the buffalo bills have you know bigger visions on the season and saying it's looking embarrassed down in carolina on the last preseason game not going to play very many starters if at all for this game so if there is an advantage it would be for carolina but again i'm not juiced up to say to myself boy i really got to get down on the carolina panthers in this game because they should roll the buffalo bills second string team it's just a spot again where we're laying six and a half. It feels like a leap is kind of being made there. I think if you're, again, like, oh, I think Baker's going to try and dominate. Well, just have a little patience and see if they post some first half lines out there then for you. If you're really all in all super positive that Baker Mayfield's going to be able to tie one on, uh, which again, and it's interesting, right? Buffalo last week, I think Josh Allen only played the one drive against Denver. Now that they scored what, a zillion points? Yeah. Two? Yeah. Right? Like, so... Why 30s. am I supposed to believe that Buffalo? I think they scored in the 40s, even to be honest with Did you. Did they score in the 40s? Like, oh, I, they won by 30. Yes, they won by 30. Yeah, yeah. Like, Don, like, why? That was all backups. Like, Josh Allen did throw a touchdown in the game, but the whole thing was backups there, right? So I don't yeah. understand the, psh, I mean, Baker's going to be out here lighting. It's like, all right, maybe go over the 39 and a half, right? Maybe you find yourself a little total juice. Although yesterday's games were definitely lower scoring, yeah, they were. which is something to kind of keep tabs on. Raiders-Pats is a night game here on this Friday slate. Mac Jones season. I mean, what's the excitement level here for just some more Patriots football? They were able to win their last preseason game. Final score on that one uh, was 20-10. to 10. The Mac Jones reps 4 of 8 for 61 yards. It wasn't far from a banner performance all in all from the Pats. What do you think of Raiders-Patriots? Yeah, it looks like from the line alone, a minus one, that means we actually don't know who's playing either here at, like, the FanDuel Sportsbook at this point, and rightfully so. It doesn't look like for uh, the guy that you think would need it. And if 
Old school Bill Belichick. He sees in camp. Our offense stinks. Our quarterback has stunk the entire way through. So what better way to end the regular season, or excuse me, end the preseason than to not play anybody as if we're ready to go for the regular season? If there's any team that should be minus 13 and a half in the last preseason game, it should be New England as Belichick. Like, well, it's a football game. Uh, we're going to play all four quarters, and we're going to try to win this one, right? That's that's the one team here. But it looks like they're, they're cool. They don't know who's calling the plays. They don't know who's going to be playing well. The offensive line, the running backs, you know, we'll get a mixed match of everything. I don't, I don't trust it here. I'm not going to be betting this game, but my goodness, if New England is just like, yeah, we're fine heading into the regular season, that's pretty impressive. Am I, like, I'm a fool for – I'm not going the other direction of what you said there, of, of trusting the idea that Josh McDaniels would like the chance to beat Belichick. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, that's nonsensical. Is that like bad? Is that – insane i don't know they're home it's one and a half so who cares right we don't like it's minus 120 on the money line like is that wrong of me donnie to think that bella like mcdaniels would gladly take this win here in a preseason game yeah raiders up 38 to nothing late fourth quarter fake punt by the raiders here for another touchdown to just say you know what take that bill belichick you know i never learned anything i was the brains behind the new england patriots not you bill belichick like that's what you want out of this game now, the only, I guess, question is, and by the way, the Raiders are 3-0 and this postseason. I mean, this is their 15th preseason game. Yeah. That's what happens when you play in the Hall of Fame game. Like, do they have anybody, mm-hmm. <laughs> do they have anybody left? Like, who plays? Because they've not played like a starter, I don't think, other than, other than yeah. we love Josh Jacobs. That's why we have him out there. Yes. <laughs> like, Josh, yeah, Jacobs probably Josh gets Jacobs 17 carries in his first half. Yeah, 17 carries first half. Absolutely. That's what I need. That's showcase. what I We're not I, showcasing him. He just he just needed the work. Meanwhile, like they're saving Amir Abdullah. Like Amir's like out there exactly. with the shoulder pads off and Jacobs is like, now hold now just hold on a minute yeah. here. Who exactly is the starter? Yeah. Uh, and he's who tapping his helmet to come out like you need a breather and nobody's paying attention to him. He's just yeah, out there even, dogging it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Stay back. <laughs> You're good, Josh. You're good, brother. Yeah. Like, hold, hey. hold on, fellas. He's hitting both <laughs> sides of his helmet. Get me out, man. <laughs> you know, oh, man, like in soccer, you play a man down. Like, they just yes. playing 10 on yeah. 11 there. Oh, He's sitting man. Indian uh, style at the 50 when they're in the red zone. Like, I just can't take it anymore, man. I just can't take it. I think Belichick might like go over there and tell McDaniel's like you cut that guy right now like that we are a no nonsense team like don't you ruin my reputation here uh quickly is there anything else preseason wise you're interested in here uh, on this slate at all yeah not not all that much but it just getting into it you know the one thing I do like talking about non-preseason the cut line coming up quickly here so you'll get a lot of yeah. movement and we'll see if some of these big names oh. do move because when you're cutting 20 to 30 players from your football team each team it's going to be some big names out there that's what I'm looking forward to We are one day closer by the way to us taking a 2 hour show and dedicate and dedicating no less than an hour to Jimmy Garoppolo being cut. Mm. We'll see you oh, then. Right. Up. Wow. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and 
starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. All right, final segment of the week here for the early line. Radio on Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Network. Donnie Wrightside and Kevin Walsh, we got you there. We got you out of the starting gates here because tomorrow college football is going to begin. Now, we talked a lot of hot topics today going over those college football games. And also, there's a pretty good preseason schedule out there in the NFL. Cut line coming up after this weekend. And off we go down the path for the NFL season. But we got to spend some time today. We did it, people. Football is here. Listen up. How about this? It's Friday. Maybe take the rest of the day off. You relax. You get ready because it's a long run that is going to happen here. The last week of August through September, through October, through November, through December into early January. College football is here and it's going to take over our weekends and we are excited. And I love the fact tomorrow that even though it's week zero, it's not the greatest slate that you have. But you do have a kickoff at 1230 with a Power 5 conference there with Nebraska and Northwestern from Dublin. But also, as we talked about today on the show, you know where this ends up at night? With Hawaii, 10.30 p.m. kickoff here that you're going to have your annual get-back game with the Hawaii Rainbows. Fantastic stuff here. Now, also keep in mind, even though we have a seven-game schedule here of, I don't want to say Power 5 schools, but upper-level Division One teams, you also have the mixes coming. Austin P, Western Kentucky, Idaho State, UNLV, Duquesne, and Florida State. There's so many more options that we have and also Week one in college football, the big boys get back into play. You've earned this out here, people. You have. You've been through the dark days of late February, March, April, May. Then we hit the summer, the dog days of summer, where you're just waiting for tidbits of information to come out in college football. Who's going to be the starting quarterback? How's this team looking? What's the recruits doing here coming in from last year? And we finally are going to have it heading into the season. This is going to be exciting, but I do preface this. If there is a public service announcement that I can give you out here, do you know what it is? Make sure you don't blow your bankroll week one, or should I say week zero? Coming up next year, Ben Stevens in the morning after. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio, and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 